0: Y'all didn't know I was going to sing. <laughs> Thank you, Kimberly, so much for coming to visit us. We want you back as you are deconstructing power in relationships. It's only good for all of us, y'all. This is good for all of us. I'm going to make sure you have information on that relationship manifesto. That's pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, if you want to talk to us about getting in our monthly coaching group, Amaze with Kimberly and Shannon. Let me know. Find us on the socials. Hope you have a great week. Be safe. Okay. We are back with the What She Said Project podcast. It's a special Valentine's Day episode in which we're talking relationships with Kimberly. There you go. I didn't know I was going to sing. There you go. Yes, Our friend Kimberly's back. Kimberly. Yes. Welcome back. Would you please, for those who haven't met you, would you tell us what you'd like us to know about you today?
1: Mm, um, so I am a former therapist turned coach and I like to call myself the liberation coach because I love helping folks have more freedom. So that encompasses all sorts of things. It can be freedom and career and relationships and roles, rules, traditions, um, thoughts, beliefs, anything that is no longer serving people that they want to try to like get away from and untangle themselves from.
0: That's How does thinking. a person know that this is something they need? Do you just know and you're like, Oh,
1: I, need yeah,
0: oh,
1: oh, I don't, I think what people know is that something doesn't feel good. Hmm. I don't think people often know what they want instead, or they might have a glimpse of it, but they don't really know how to get there. So that's kind of what I help them do. This is a
0: perfect segue for what we're about to talk about. Lovely. So uh, Kimberly and I run a group called Amaze Yourself in 2021. And one of the things we've talked about as we've gotten to know each other as co-coaches and friends is that Kimberly has this view of relationships that I have never, I hadn't gotten close to before. Like I had no clue. So one day I said to you, I'm just really hard to rec- I'm just, it's just hard for me to recouple. Or it's like, I don't know that I... I just am not someone who can be match made or something like that. I don't know what we were talking about.
1: Do you remember what you said back to me? I don't remember what I said, but I remember you saying that to me. I don't remember what I said.
0: You said, is that true? Oh man, coaches, this is this true? And I said, <laughs> uh, maybe. And so we began to talk about like why a person might have beliefs that are limiting. So if I believe that I'm difficult to, that I'm, it's hard for me to find a partner or it's like, or I take these beliefs that I make them true and then they inform how I try or if I try, but it also like shapes the future of my life in this one direction. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a lot of talks about it and- You're here because I am super curious about, and I'm learning from you about this framework. Yes. RA framework.
1: Yes. What does this mean? RA stands for relationship anarchy. And really this is, okay. So there is something called the relationship anarchy manifesto. And that is really the first time that someone was able to clearly, succinctly, and articulately um, put together kind of this relationship philosophy that I think people have really been practicing for a long time, and it just wasn't kind of packaged nicely. So that's why most people haven't heard of it. I think it was written in 2012, so it is relatively new on the scene. Um, But it will also circulate in communities where Um, people are practicing polyamory um, or ethical non-monogamy open relationships. However, I don't believe personally that relationship anarchy is limited to those relationship types or structures. Um, I think it's also applicable for people who are wanting to partner in monogamous relationships Um, So my goal really is to try to educate more and more people on relationship anarchy and how to use that philosophy to build their own relationships, however they might want to be structured.
0: It's fascinating. You're a former therapist. Mm -hmm. Well, you're still a a licensed therapist, but you're practicing, you're wanting your practice, you're moving your practice into coaching. Yes. But I'm hearing that this might be a place where if someone is in a long-term relationship and they're wanting to stay in it, but they need to like, they they want to like freshen it up a little bit or just something hasn't worked for a long time. Like taking a look at this framework may give them some new words. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to give you the words to say, I want to bring in a new friend, but yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this might be a way to talk about roles in the relationship yes. and other other things that aren't often talked about in long
1: i feel like relationship anarchy is very expansive and it's very individual and i think whether you are going into a new relationship or you've been in one for 25 or 30 years um there's often room for well there's room for making sure like doing kind of a check-in making sure that the relationship still fits, that it is working for both people, that nothing needs to be tweaked. And often, because of the way our society talks about relationships, um, there's often some room for more autonomy in relationships. And that's what I really like about relationship anarchy. It's, It's a way I think to maintain a sense of independence and create interdependence in a relationship.
0: Okay, for those folks who don't speak in these words of autonomy, what does that word mean to you? And then how do you Mm -hmm. apply it in relationship?
1: Okay, so I think the best way to describe that for me is, um, I was born in 85. Okay, so I grew up on all the Disney movies. And I think of myself now, a good way to describe myself is like a recovering Disney romance addict. You know, the, my kids just um, a week or so ago, they were watching The Little Mermaid. Okay. And so they're watching the story of a man who falls in love with a woman who can't talk. He has no idea, you know, what she's thinking up there, but he falls in love with her. And they get married and live happily ever after. And that is the story of so many rom-coms and Disney movies. It's like, we come together, we live happily ever after. And it's very much this to become one, we self-sacrifice. That's a theme in a lot of things. Like, I'll just forget about my career and I'm going to move across the country for you. And we live happily ever after. So for me, um, it has been important as I've gotten older to unpack some of that that says, like, everything should be about my partner, that good relationships um, are two people kind of losing themselves and just becoming the relationship, like doing everything together, telling each other everything. That, for me, previously has equated to losing my sense of self. So... I, when I'm talking about autonomy, I'm talking about how to retain my sense of self, how to make sure that I um, am able to lean on myself and um, think about like my finances, my career, how I like to spend my time while also creating a shared life with someone else that I can lean on when I want to, when I need to. Does that answer the question? Does that
0: Yes. And I'm thinking, okay, so uh, if you haven't heard our other episode, I don't know if we talked about that. You and I have an interesting thing in common. Mm. Beyond Tennessee, mm-hmm. we have a family of origin, religious mm-hmm. connection that is very specific. Yes, it, is. it could regionally be different because you're from one side. Well, you're from like one side of Tennessee and I'm mm-hmm. from over here. Mm -hmm. where Mississippi and Arkansas meet. So do you want to tell them what it is?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, I grew up Church of Christ.
0: Me too. Mm -hmm. Family still Church of Christ? Your family still Church of Christ practicing?
1: I would say most of them, yes.
0: Yeah, same. Very much same. Okay, so in the Church of Christ, so one of the things that Kimberly and I love to talk about is like how the way we were raised by people who believe these beliefs, how it shows up, like it kind of sneaks up still Mm -hmm. because it's in my encoded DNA, in yours, in everyone's, we have these sometimes uh, outdated beliefs. And if we looked at them, we'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about relationship anarchy and people who maybe were raised a bit conservatively, religiously. Mm -hmm. How, how do we handle the fact that when we look it up, it says things like polyamory. And we're mm-hmm. like, what? That's not how I'm. No offense, to anybody that wants to roll yeah. out, You do. You. Well,
1: it really, it doesn't actually, if you read the relationship anarchy manifesto, like the, the original document, it does not say anything about polyamory. It doesn't say anything about monogamy. It's only talking about um, a big piece of it is questioning hierarchies. So for a lot of people, um, I've heard a lot of clients talk about, you know, I had this best friend, we were so close and then they got a boyfriend or then they got married and, you know, we don't really see each other anymore. We don't do a lot together because societally the heteronormative, like couple is upheld as like the, the, you know, measure of success as the partner needs to become like the most important person. So other relationships that were also significant and important to you, who you might even say they were people that you love, even if in a totally platonic way, those relationships get downgraded hierarchically um, under the current social norm. So a big thing in relationship anarchy is just like questioning that, like, why do we do that? and um, making the argument that you can, you have the ability as a human being to love lots of different people in all different ways. For some people that is having romantic partners more than one at the same time. For other people that may be, I love my husband and I love my best friend.
0: It reminds me of, When people get married, there's a cultural assumption that the person, well, let's say in uh, white, hetero, cisgender mm, relationships, I could probably go in deeper, like white um, Protestant smelling, that's not Mm -hmm. a category. Don't look that one up. Uh, That's what it sort of looks like. The woman is going to give up her name or hyphenate. Mm -hmm. Mm If you haven't thought that through and you are planning a wedding, it might be a good place to start Mm -hmm. that conversation because Mm -hmm. its ramifications Mm -hmm. post divorce, not that that is the measure of divorce, Mm -hmm. could get complicated Mm -hmm. for a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so let's ask this question because I have a lot of millennials and Gen Xers. Yes, that listen. So let's say you've never been married before. Do you automatically, does your name automatically like poof change when you get
1: married? Mm. Do you know that? Um, you know, I... You have to go and get it changed. Right. Yes, but it's an automatic, like, oh, you got married, you just present your marriage certificate and that's all the reason you need. Yes. Or changing a name on a passport so security guard all of that stuff
0: yes mm-hmm. it is quite difficult to change it back oh
1: yes it
0: is difficult in the divorce proceedings there has it has to be litigated for a person to get their name back yes now why is this always sitting in the female identified bucket of stuff to yes. disappear to be abs- to like be Did absorbed? You? go ahead
1: Along these lines, when mm-hmm. I bought my house, I was divorced, and the um, paperwork listed my name, comma, single woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when I had to we be identified faces- as a single woman in the paperwork.
0: Okay. So when folks like me make faces like that.
1: Mm -hmm. that
0: like what face is okay just try different pants on would they do that to a man Mm -mm.
1: Mm -mm.
0: so what is that signifying so this I was just on a just teaching some medical students about microaggression so what does that signify does it signify they have great trust in this person's ability to be a householder
1: why does it need to be there I know to me it signified that like being married and, well, being married, not just being partnered, being married is one step up the social ladder. It's a very important thing to know about someone. Mm -hmm.
0: That reminds me of moments where people say, Mrs. Yes. Uh, How do we refer to you? So I have friends with PhDs, and they're like, I'm like, do you, are you Dr. Aldemui or what do you, are you? And she was like, if I'm working with, she's one of my collaborative partners right now, work collaborative partners. Do you, how do you want to be referred to? And she gave me a whole rundown, but we don't mm-hmm. tend to ask these things. Mm-hmm. you know. And so, mm-hmm. right, tangent, let's pull it yeah. back. It's yeah. fascinating yeah. because it's in everything. Paperwork yes. for buying house, it's like assume assumptions, yes. cultural rules yes have bled into legislation, into the medical institution, into insurance. I mean, this is a long podcast, not today it's long, but today we want to investigate you at home, we're not investigating you, but like you as a human being in your home and who you love, Mm -hmm taking a moment to make sure everybody gets what they need and have the ability to talk about it. Is that what I'm hearing RA is about? And like, keep checking in as things change?
1: Yes, I mean, that's just good relationship advice, regardless, Um, but that is a part of relationship anarchy. It's very intentional. Okay, I would say the biggest, like the key words for relationship anarchy for me are um, intentionality or phrases. Is just being intentional, um, questioning hierarchies and questioning social norms because so many norms for relationships and rules about relationships are heteronormative.
0: What does know? that mean and for folks that don't know what that means? That
1: basically means, the simplest way to say that is that the general societal assumption is that the default is um, heterosexuality. So you If you're born a girl you will be attracted to men you will marry a man that is what a couple looks like men have rules for how they are in relationship women have rules for how they are in relationship right we tend to think of women as like more nurturing and more emotional these are all heteronormative like ideas and expectations about couples and relationships it's
0: fascinating when you look at it through the lens of the pandemic mm-hmm. and uh, the way the first, second, third, and fourth shifts of labor have yes. all been placed. Yes, on, yes. For the most part, somebody's gonna say, but not all women, okay, have all been placed on the female identified identifying person in the relationship, especially mm-hmm. when, it, when it includes children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's, it's everywhere, like yeah. when you, So heteronormativity, this is an example of it that no one tends to think about. You go to a restaurant, okay? And let's say you are a um, opposite sex couple. So you're at a restaurant and the waiter brings the check, right? Who does he go to hand it to?
0: Of course. Right? The one presenting is he.
1: If it is a couple that is, you know, maybe appears to be a same-sex couple there's a little awkwardness like sometimes even unconsciously a server will evaluate who is the more masculine presenting partner yep because we hand it to them right
0: Mm -hmm. because the the masculine presenting person supposedly has the money control of the money yes
1: yes Another thing um, that's not specifically talked about um, by name in relationship anarchy, but is a part of it is something referred to as the relationship escalator, Hmm. which is this kind of, um, it's a linear like expectation for how relationships are supposed to progress and the higher the level you get to, the more valid and successful it is. So you start dating someone, you know, and then you move in together and then you're supposed to get married and then you have children and you stay together until one of you dies. That's basically like the epitome of it. So yes. So RA asks you to like challenge that. Is that what you want to do? That, that is a perfectly reasonable thing for people to want to do is it what you have to do is it a is it a fit for you so it just asks you to like question all of these things and really decide for yourself what do i want what fits for me
0: these questions what do i want i don't know that i thought before the last five years that i can say Mm -hmm. you know so it's fascinating okay Mm -hmm. So much to think about and talk about. It's a lot
1: to think about and talk about.
0: Okay. So a takeaway could be, I'm feeling like this might be a tool that I might look at. I can, I'll drop a link to the relationship anarchy Mm -hmm. uh, manifesto. Mm -hmm. If a person is like, Ooh, I think I really want to work with this. They could be in touch with you. Mm -hmm. So I can drop your website. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Kimberlymathis.com. Yes. Awesome. Um, Of course, if you're thinking uh, both of us are doing one-on-one coaching, we also both have that group that amaze yourself in 2021, which is still open to hop in. It's a monthly uh, support, uh, like sort of group coaching support. we got some good stuff coming up really soon. Uh, As this is our Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. Is there anything, is it like, Is there any theme that's coming up for you and your clients this week or any like little Kimberly brilliant nugget Mm. that's on your mind that we can leave them on our way out of this Mm. last conversation about relationships?
1: It really, I think whether it was Valentine's day or not, this is like the soul of my coaching practice is just like two questions. Why are you doing what you are doing or wanting what you're wanting? And is it really what you want?
0: Yeah. There's a Sondheim song from Into the Woods that just queued up in my head. If you know what you want, then you go and you find it and you get it. All right, there's your Into the Woods little sing song for you today. All my musical theater kids are like, no, it's back in my head. Kimberly, I'm so glad to know you. Thank you for bringing these things to us. Without, without you, we would not know them.
1: Well, I'm so glad you have me on.
0: Thank you for being here with us. And I'm sure we will see you very soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye, my friend. Bye. y'all didn't know I was going to sing. <laughs> Thank you, Kimberly, so much for coming to visit us. We want you back as you are deconstructing power in relationships. It's only good for all of us, y'all. This is good for all of us. I'm going to make sure you have information on that relationship manifesto. That's pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, if you want to talk to us about getting in our monthly coaching group, Amaze with Kimberly and Shannon. Let me know, find us on the socials. Hope you have a great week. Be safe.